two, we are ready. That to blow podcast is back with season two. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, click on the bell, like and share, and even Instagram and Facebook. Follow me there. We are even on Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast, or even you can write an email on deblopodcast at gmail.com if you have a new suggestion or even demos. I know, it has been a long time, guys. I know. Well, I just dedicated more about the music in this period because I just wanted to try new things, so music, etc. But I am back on this podcast because I think it's very interesting to talk about the new bands and to don't leave on aside this project. I think it's very important to talk about it and uh, even about the music philosophy or uh, because there are many bands that are into philosophy and so I want to dedicate this particular episode to the band this section. So let's start. This section was a Swedish extreme metal band from Strömstad. I hope the pronounce is okay. Strömstad. Formed in 1989 by guitarist and vocalist and main songwriter Jon Nöthweit or Nöthweit. I don't know the pronounce. Forgive me for that. And bassist Peter Pandau. From Good Fire That Book, we find a bit of history of the band, especially about the fundator, Jon Nudveit. He was born in Katrinholm to a Norwegian father and a Swedish mother on 28 June 1975, but then they moved to Stromstad. He has a younger brother Emil and a sister, Sarah. His parents were teachers and at school he was sometimes with them and he spoke with other students. By them he was introduced to these rock bands like ACDC, Motorhead, Decept and Iron Maiden. His father Anders loved music and that was a good way to discover new bands. And when he was 8 years old, just 8 years old, with his friend Matthias Johansson, went to Stockholm to see Def Leppard. His parents supported this new passion of their own son, full of passion of this heavy metal music that with his friend Peter Pandal and his younger brother Emil formed a band. They started to listen to gather heavier bands like Venom and Metallica, and during summer he created a magazine called Warning, means warning. Jon and his own band in 1987 decided to call themselves Thunder and they entered Rock of Bowesland, a talent show for demo bands organized in the province. They had the third place. After that, they decided to change their band's name in Silence Yell with a new member, Ole Ehrman. Thanks to Slayer magazine of the editor Metallion, they entered in contact with many bands. Jon himself called his fans in Mega Mag and got in touch with tons of bands. One of those was Tompal Gottsberg Lindberg in Gothenburg. He was so much enthusiastic of this magazine that he started to organize gigs at a youth center in Stromstad and he was only 15. First show was with Grotesque, Therion and Nosferatu. There were a lot of people that were so curious of this show but when it was grotesque turn, they were shocked. 
spikes and inverted crosses are not for everyone, let's be serious. Later this show, Yon's band decided to call themselves this section. With this new lineup, they started to be more serious. Serious enough to deal with satanic themes and reading books related to it. He soon identifies himself as a true satanist and he corresponds with a lot of artists, like Morgan Oakenson of Marduk and It, known as Tony Sarka of Abruptum. And together they form the True Satanist Order, a satanic organization very similar to the Black Circle in Norway. Jon met Uranimus and Grishnak during a festival organized by him in Stromsta. Later, he started a Swedish mail order division of Helvet Shop for Uranimus. This section recorded their first album, The Somberlane, produced by Dan Swanner in Finspong. Years later, Jon leaves True Satanist Order and enters in another satanic organization, more esoteric and black magic stuff, called MLO. Misanthropic Luciferian Order for disagreements with the TSH. What is going to happen later is terrible. July 1997. A normal night apparently, Jon and his friends went out partying. Near the nightclub Chateauar in Gothenburg, they came across an Algerian gay man, Josef Ben Maddur. After two hours, he was shot in the back and to the head. Jon Novet was arrested in December 1997. He will later be sentenced to 10 years for murder. In September 2004, after his detention, reunited this section. But after published their last record, Rain Chaos, Jon decided to shoot himself in the head with a revolver in his apartment in Stockholm, surrounded by candles, a satanic grimoire and a book of for magic. It was August 13, 2006. On Wikipedia I found an important quote that explains his thoughts about suicide and the motivation of his extreme gesture, and I will read you now. The Satanist decides of his own life and death and prefers to go out with a smile on his lips when he has reached his peak in life, when he has accomplished everything, an aim to transcend his early existence. But it is completely unsatanic to end one's own life because one is sad or miserable. The Satanist dies strong, not by age, disease or depression, and he chooses death before dishonor. Death is the orgasm of life, so live life accordingly, as intense as possible. I think that this man, beside the character of being satanic, being very uh, introverted, but even funny guy in certain moments with other friends, because with the true satanic order, they were even partying a lot with beer, so it was a very friendly party, so to speak. There were friends with them, so everything was quite normal. I think that uh, to analyze in a different perspective, 
Your novate was different from the major part of people, and we perfectly know that, and I understand that. His character was different from other people that he met and from the major part of society. He didn't want to be part of society, he didn't want to be part of this world. And I think that this misanthropy that he got into his heart and into his mind caused by this society that sometimes make you feel negative even about a positive thing that you're doing that could be music that could be art that could be theater cinema whatever is your goal in life and sometimes society doesn't contribute to this positivity in your life people judge people are mean with their own words and this is not okay in a long distance. Normality is too much overrated and they define this is normal, this is not normal, like living in a box. Everybody needs to choose a tag, choose a path, and I think that Yun, in his philosophy, hated this uh, choice. I am who I am, I am myself, nobody should care who, what I'm doing and why I'm doing this. And I think in a way we could understand this philosophy, this way to think, it, this creativity stimulation that lacks in this society, and a lot of people will agree with me about it, is because people don't encourage each other, even if I dress black, you know, people that are dressed black, they have been so many times judged by people that were walking nearby and there were always people that have something to say to another person. Why are you dressed like that? Why? And pointing the finger to this person. It is so bad. I, I really wish that we could analyze and try to understand a different person because it's easy to judge a character like a young he was peculiar he was weird by many people he was himself we could say that he was not weird or he was creative he was himself he was a person nothing more than that he was like us with our difficulties with our creativity, with our minds, with our thoughts, and I think he wanted to be related as pure spirit, not something like flesh, bones, or I am this body, but it was more related to this spirituality. Everything for him was probably pure spirit. He wanted to not define himself like a person, or like a body, but mostly like a spirit. Before analyze one song, the lyrics and uh, the arrangement, I think it's very important to define why this guy was different from the major part of people. And it's important to don't judge these people. It's important that they followed a path that was not our own. And this is really important to support each other despite their own differences. 
because I could be different from you, you could be different from me. But this is, there is mutual respect. And this is really important at the end. Very, very important. Let's analyze now the lyrics of the song The Summerland from the album with the same name. This album, according to Metal Archives site, came out December 3rd, 1993, under the label No Fashion Records. The lineup was John Nordveit, guitars and vocals and lyrics, John Sveslot, I hope the pronounce is good, guitars, Peter Pandal, bass, Ole Oman, drums. Wikipedia says that album artwork was created by Christian Wallin, the same creator of Blood on Ice and Norland cover by Bathory. The album was composed and arranged between 1989 and 1993 and was recorded between 1st and 6th March 1993 at Unisound in Finspong. So the Somberland track, analyzing the lyrics, I noticed this. I feel deeper and deeper as light now was gone. I could feel the dark embrace my soul, agony was no more, and so was pain. Here describes the death in its purest form, a place where it's impossible to feel pain, struggle, problems. With that, everything is disappeared. At this point of solitude I knew I was there, there where I belong, thus far a long journey through my soul's infinity. Solitude, an emotion that many feel during the life. The realization that nobody could save us, solitude in pain and in other personal things, could be related to everything. This depends on the journey. It has been a journey far beyond mortality. I have found what I wanted, tranquility. I have thrived on evil eternally. Here only evil exists. Why didn't he find what he was looking for? Because when you don't find any inspiration, any stimulation to be better, only darkness remains, and becoming evil is the answer for many to the struggles of life. I flew over crystal ground, my existence numb, over orchards of grievance, sorrow and tears. Inside this existence doesn't exist peace for the soul. Sorrow and tears remain only. Crystal ground makes me think to snow but could be even a metaphor of the author of the song to describe this numbness of existence. This beautiful silence calls me now. Black fog devours me, but I can see it all. When darkness arrives, remains only silence. Here, when it says, black fog devours me, but I can see it all, represents, in my opinion, the darkness vision of something wrong inside also, the ability to see it and being conscious about it. The monument of my past, the land of seven horizons before my eyes. I tried to find something about this seven horizons land, but I didn't find much. Could be referred to the beyond. The monument of my past here makes me think even to my own song Pagan Fears, where dead sang the passage the past is alive, something that remains with you, memories. I reach the land of spiritual rest, it's the dawn of descending, I am the somber lane, down to evil divine domain. I reach the land of spiritual rest, it's obviously the beyond or life after death, but tell in particular, with dawn of descending the passage is clear. 
Lord of Inferno, gather my strength, carry me through the gates. Is the dawn of descending, I am the Somberling, down to evil divine domain. Down to evil divine domain is an important statement. Here it says his entrance through hell that we dominate his soul. For I am eternal night, I am the Somberling, precede my evil divine domain. Here his soul becomes darkness and dominates hell. I could say that it's a good lyric description of darkness, that it's inside all of us, and that sorrow doesn't find understanding outside of us. Often people don't understand that inside a person's mind there is a human with emotions and many resources. Let's analyze now the arrangement of this track. The beginning with these two guitars is awesome. Reminds me a lot to Candlemas and Doom Metal in general. Then I perceive the most important influence for this song, that is the Mysterious Dom Satanas album. Especially tracks like Life Eternal and Funeral Fog. I could listen to the drum structure very similar to Hellhammer in Mayhem. After two minutes, I can notice a particular dissonance riff between these two guitars and it's something that you can perceive even on Euronymous in 1993. Certain traits of the song are gothic and dark in a way. The doomy part reminds me to Candlemas or gothic metal and then switches to fast black metal again until the end. I could even notice the Darketron influence in some parts of the song. Darketron power is not to be fast, but slower with 70s riffs. In particular, the Darketron album that could have inspired this track is A Blaze in the Northern Sky 1992 Darketron album, but I am not sure. So many influences, the better. This is valid for any band. So I could say that this one of the best tracks of this dissection album. This song is very good for me. Good job that this band did. So what should I say more? We have arrived at the end of this first episode of season 2 of Death Blow Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, click on the bell, like and share and if you want to write me I am on Instagram and Facebook with the same name, Deathblow Podcast. If you want to listen to the previous season, you can listen on YouTube and Spotify. But for now, see you soon, guys!